Hello, listener. You found the latest edition of Michigan Soccer Central Podcast, your weekly dip into the beautiful game, the world's game here in Michigan. My name is Robert Kerr, your host, as always, here on the show. Very happy to be with you once again. We got two halves of the show today. We have Inter Detroit's Edwin Jimenez on the program teasing us a little bit about the big season to come for his club, Inter Detroit. Uh, very exciting, coming off a rebrand, and teases a little bit about a possibly a new home for the team. But first, we are going to uh, talk about uh, Detroit City FC's uh, dawn of a new era, the USL Championship first game for La Rouge went down this weekend, and we got someone who was on the scene firsthand. But first, before we get to that interview, I want to shout out to two Michigan-based players going into the professional realm over the weekend. Alex Papa, Rochester Hills native and Varder Academy graduate, uh, got signed to Anissa's uh, San Diego Albion. So congratulations to Alex Papa for going pro for San Diego Albion, and then Dylan Borzak, the Oakland University grad and Detroit native, uh, made his debut for FC Toros in the USL Championship. So Michigan players uh, making it into the professional ranks, and that's uh, very exciting to see. And speaking of uh, making debuts, let's go to our guest, who is firsthand for DCFC's first game in the USL Championship. Detroit City FC's new USL Championship era kicked off on the road this weekend. So to get a first-hand story of uh, the adventure, the, uh, the the beginning of this journey, I've got one of the road supporters for the game, Mr. Jarrett Mackey. Welcome to Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. Thank you for having me. Honored to be here. I believe I was on here for your Boxing Day uh, Bonanza at the Fieldhouse and uh, happy to be back. First time uh, recording in the uh, the closet under the stairs, but yes, uh, the triumphant return. Uh, we were talking Tottenham and uh, your experience there on Boxing Day, but very much uh, talking Detroit City FC. So I really, uh, the, what I want to first ask is uh, you went all the way to Texas for Detroit City. Yeah, um, you know, the USL Championship opener, I, I couldn't miss it. Um, and, and to be able to go, it actually lined up perfectly with my spring break, uh, for school. Um, so it really was just like the perfect, it, everything came together and, uh, yeah, I was able to make it work. And so tell us, it sounded like, uh, you, quite a few, you guys, uh, made a whole weekend out of it. Yeah. And you know, this, the second that it was announced that we we're going to go to the USL championship, um, you know, me and my friends, like we sort of travel like all together in a group. We've been to, you know, LA for the NISA opener. Uh, you know, me and my friend Brian went to Napa for the NPSL members cup opener. Like, um, we all knew like wherever it was going to be, we were probably going to end up going. And, uh, luckily it was in San Antonio, which, which we found out we, we just such a fun city and such a cool time. And, um, yeah, when it was announced, there was no way we weren't going to make it out for it. Yeah. So I saw some people saying that they brought the Michigan weather with them, that it, it like got to a crazy dip in, uh, uh, temperatures when they arrived, but it sounded like, uh, you went exploring and, uh, you, you did like a whole touristy thing out of, uh, the, the soccer trip. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, we got in Thursday. Our Airbnb was in sort of like a trendy, like, you know, if you want to say hip part of town. Um, San Antonio is a super walkable city. There's a really nice river walk and there's restaurants on the side of it and stuff. So, you know, get in Thursday, do all that stuff. Weather was, I think, 78 to 80 degrees. Just absolutely gorgeous. Um, Friday, yeah, you said it perfectly there. I mean, like 34 degrees at times, windy, a little bit of rain. Um, and then the day of the match, like really nice in the day. And then, you know, by the end of the match, I was wishing I brought a winter jacket with me, but I uh, didn't look at the weather, uh, bought a couple pairs of shorts, a couple DCFC t-shirts and uh, had to make do, I guess. So the game itself, uh, first USL championship game playing against of one of the, the bet makers uh, favorite for um, going, winning the whole uh, division. Um, tell us about the game itself and the, ex- the, the actual game day experience. Yeah, it was so cool. I mean, you know, just waking up and realizing like, wow, like today's match day. And, uh, you know, I, I haven't like found the best way to put this into words over the last couple of days, but, you know, not just any match day. It was like obviously the start of a new era, a new dawn. And um, the, the day of the game, you know, we just kind of hung out at Airbnb. We went and did some things. And um, around six o'clock, the game was at 730 uh, local time. So 830 Eastern. Um you know, I looked at the clock and I just kind of breathed out and I'm like, man, like it, we're almost ready to go. Um, we pull up, got to the stadium um, and there was other people there, uh, which was like awesome. And we parked. Parking was free. Super easy. We're walking into the stadium. Super nice ground. Uh, soccer specific um, capacity of 8000, I believe. So, you know, video board. It felt like the big leagues and um Go over to section. They they had a, had like a section mapped out for us, uh, which I believe we sold out. Um, funny enough, I waited until the day of the game to buy my ticket, and then they were sold out. So I had to buy secondhand through Ticketmaster. Um, I wasn't gonna miss it. I was gonna get in for sure. And um, just yeah, the game was incredible. I don't know how you saw it, but um, um, I, I believe you said you were at a Bulls game or something. But uh, it, it was just a great experience. Um, and just just so unbelievable, really. It sounds like uh, yeah, you definitely had a much better view. I was watching it on uh, a stream on my phone on my knee at the at the Bulls game, um, but uh, so you you got to see a brand new stadium or not brand was it uh, pretty brand new? The soccer specific is pretty exciting. Just knocking those off the list. It's always great to to go to different venues, but uh, so it was soccer specific stadium. You said it felt like the big leagues. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was built for the San Antonio Scorpions, uh, previously of the NA- previously of the NASL, to hopefully one day attract the MLS franchise. Um, and obviously, like the landscape's very different now. San Antonio Scorpions haven't been around for a few years. It's now San Antonio uh, FC. Like I said, there was a video board that they had pyro, like the pyro uh, walking out next to the players, like the little firework things, and um, it, it just felt like like a step up, really, um, and. You know, there's so many moments like just during the match, I would just sit there and like stare and then kind of zone out for a second. Just be like, wow, like, you know, we're actually here. Um, And one of those moments is when the players came out to warm up, you know, that they came out of like the far corner and they were running toward us. And, and, you know, everyone in the section went crazy, obviously. And they came over and like, you know, fist bumped us and they're like, let's do this. And um, that was a really cool moment. Um, Seeing the USL font on the back of the kids for the first time was like, wow, that's when it really hit me. Um, and I think the game itself went really, it went really well. The, the, the first half, I feel like we were the more dangerous side. I believe we won the XG battle. I love XG. I'm a stats nerd. So, um, having XG in the USL is awesome. And, 
Uh, I think we just edged them out on uh, XG. But then in the second half, an unfamiliar occurrence happened. Yeah, um, you know, and, and you know, like I said, I, I've been going to all these DCFC away games for for years, and um, everyone since Trevor came in, it's been like, wow, we've never lost on the road uh, under Trevor, and and going into this one, it was like a lot different um, because the expectation and everything that you were reading online was like DCFC, you know, the Nisa All Stars that people have called us, like it's going to be a tough game. And for the first half, like I said, I thought we controlled it pretty well. Um, and then yeah, the, the flow of the game, obviously they had the penalty, um, which Nate Simewatch did a great job getting down to and making the save. Um, and then, yeah, second half came on and, and, and they had a player come on. I believe it was their number 10. Uh, we, we, we knew him as mullet guy. Uh, when he came on, we just couldn't cope with him. Uh, he was just dictating play dribbling through a whole team and um yeah they got their goal which i thought was pretty unfortunate goal for us to concede but uh a goal nonetheless and uh they were able to hold on for the one nil victory with san antonio yeah that seemed like uh for the most part that was the obviously the two biggest moments of the game the nate steinwasher save and then uh the goal which i i did watch back and i mean it was pretty pretty you know kind of scruffy in the way it ended up going in by no means was it uh you know a complete undoing so uh, you're saying Detroit uh, up first in the first half for the most part, and then uh, that that bit that substitution really, really made a difference, eh? Yeah, and uh, you know I, I was kind of shocked at, at a lot of things. I, I hadn't really watched the USL Championship before uh, this year. I watched the semifinals last year because it was like the weekend uh, we announced that we were making the move or whatever, and um, you know the quality of defense on both sides honestly stood out to me a lot. Um, the quality of attack was really good. And I thought Detroit city FC tried to do a really good job in the midfield and getting the fullbacks involved. Um, one thing I noticed about Toyota field was the width of the pitch. It was about, um, I think six or seven meters wider than Keyworth, And, um, I feel like that really suits the style of play that we were trying to execute on Saturday, uh, getting the fullbacks involved, Reese Williams and Declan win. And, um, their link ups with players like Hopano and Maxi Rodriguez, uh, I felt like were really, uh, key highlights of our attack. And, and we, there were so many opportunities where we were just, you know, you can't see my hands, but I'm doing like just this much closer to, to having that through ball, that final ball, getting a shot on goal. But it um, fortunately didn't really work out. And yeah, San Antonio walked away with all three points, but I, I couldn't be prouder of uh, the team that was put out uh, and the entire Detroit city FC family. Really? How was it uh, seeing the new players for the first time? It was really exciting. Um, you know, you see players like Hopano who who have been at top levels for such a long time. Um, just just the IQ that he possesses uh, in terms of on the field. I think he did like a no look, like lofted backwards header to the fullback, which he was just he knew he was going to be there. It was just so impressive and and dribbling wise, Hopano was really good. Um, Francis Atuhene, uh, I'm still working on that name, so don't uh, get too upset over that one. He was really good. I think he got a few nutmegs in there and really well cutting into the area but um yeah you know new players returning players it was just so exciting and the entire match i i just wish every, i hope every match feels like that um you know not, not as like a knock on nisa or not as a knock on the 2021 squad but you know i walked into every game home and away with the expectation like oh we're gonna win this game and if we don't win the game we're still eight nine points clear of second place right so there was not a lot of like high stakes and jeopardy to a lot of the games but in San Antonio, it just felt so pure. It felt like, you know, this game matters. And, and we felt like the underdogs. And I feel like because of how much underdogs people felt like we were going to be, I thought we held, held our own pretty well. Yeah, when I spoke with um, 
uh, my guest last week, uh, he he was a San Antonio uh, podcaster, and he was saying that he thought it might be a rough start, and then uh, there might be an adjustment and maybe some additions for the summer. But you think that the the team's looking pretty solid thus far? I, I think we might struggle, you know, in terms of scoring goals. But um, I think you said at the top, like San Antonio FC, we're supposed to be one of the better teams going into this season. Um, you know. They have quality up and down their entire roster, and I think we held our own pretty well. Um, and then number 10 for them, David Loera came on, and we kind of struggled with that. Um, but I think 1-0 was, uh, you know, the goal we conceded, like you said, a little bit scrappy, a little bit harsh for the goal to concede. But um, I think we played, you know, good defense all night and some decent chances going forward. And I think, with, you know, there's going to be a gelling process. There's going to be teams that, you know, will play differently than San Antonio. So I feel like we're in a pretty good spot. Um, it's still hard to judge, right? I mean, a lot of the Nisa guys, you don't know what we're going to see out of them still. Um, but I think everyone who was out there held their own pretty well on Saturday. And um, after the match, you know, the lights went off for a fireworks show. And I kind of just sat there and just like looked at the stadium and just took it all in. And it was, um, I, I, I don't think I've ever felt that way after a DCFC match. You know, obviously we lost, but, you know, to be there with my friends, you know, to be there with everybody who's been a part of this journey for so long, like it, it was just, it was so cool. And uh, I had seven, eight friends Snapchat me during the match, different friends at different bars in Michigan who went to a bar, asked them to put the game on and then just watch the game at a bar in Michigan and people who aren't soccer people. And that was so cool to see. Yeah, that's definitely uh, very exciting and, and great uh, way to relay the message. I'm, I'm glad uh, it was such a positive experience despite the um the results i i can't imagine what uh that, that a win bonus would have been for <laughs> that journey but uh, it sounds like it was a next level experience regardless uh with it being uh you were saying the style of play they run a soccer specific field down there in uh texas so it was much wider do you think that that same style that detroit was playing will, will, will work to the same effect on the narrower pitch at keyworth yeah, I think so. I think because it's the same style we've been we've, we've been playing at Keyworth, you know, for a while. But I feel like those extra two to three yards just helped it out that much more. Um, and, you know, when you're going up against a team like San Antonio, you know, not saying roster wise, you don't compete with them. But, you know, just the unknown of it. Um, I feel like having that extra space really helped us out a lot. Um, and, yeah, it was just it was such a positive experience, such a great time. Um, a really good friend of mine who I play football manager with actually uh, lives in Dallas and he drove down four hours, I think to catch the game with us. And uh, so it was cool to see him. Like we bought cowboy hats cause you have to, when you're in Texas. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I went to Cosmos away in 2019 where DCFC pretty much clinched the members cup. And, you know, that was cool for its own reasons, but, but San Antonio, that was, um, it, it was, it was different. And then, you know, we flew home Sunday. We were on the same flight as all the players so when they were coming through security, we had a little group of DCFC fans that would clap them all as they walked by us. And um, yeah, just just such a cool time. And it, it'll it'll take me a long time to forget the very small details about this past weekend down in Texas. That sounds like a, the ultimate super fan experience, really. Uh, you said lots of the long timers uh, were all there together and you definitely had like a personal experience being on the same flight back. Um, how far back does your, uh, super supporter fandom go? Yeah. So my first game, uh, for Detroit city FC was in 2015. Uh, I was against Lansing United. Um, and for those who know, Will Mellors Blair scored like an absolute worldie of a goal that day. He ran from like the center circle, dribbled past three or four guys, and then calmly tucked it into the right hand corner. And, 
um, that was my first soccer game ever. And I obviously couldn't drive at the time I was 15. So uh, my dad drove me, we had a friend uh, from the Tottenham supporter group that I was a part of that had been to DCFC games forever, uh, gave me and my dad a scarf. He didn't tell me Lansing's team colors though. So I, I showed up wearing baby blue. So I had to immediately buy a Detroit city FC shirt. Um, uh, went to every single game for the rest of the season there at Cast Tech. 2016 season tickets, 17 season tickets, first away game 2016. Uh, been going to them, you know, as many as I can make it out to ever since. Um, and then, you know, fortunate enough to work for the club last summer. And um, yeah, I mean, just, you know, for me watching the sport, it's so much fun. But then, you know, the added bonus of meeting lifelong friends and, and people who, you know, I, I can share other interests with and stuff like that's what it's all about. And um, yeah, there were multiple times in that stadium on Saturday where like I got borderline emotional just thinking about the journey, you know, not just for me, but for everyone involved um, up until this point. And, and to see it get to this level uh, was truly incredible. Uh, friends in soccer. I mean, that's where I've uh, made most of my uh, friends in adult life. And you're saying your friends bought those cowboy hats. And I, I saw you made that your profile picture. And wow, what a picture. And then that led me to see the. Uh, reminded me that uh, you somehow are uh, have some sort of magnetism with uh, local television. Uh, what is it that's getting you all these local TV appearances? Are you really good at like lingering by television vans when you see them, or how come you keep on making the local news? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, you know, it's uh, I'm a journalism student here at Michigan State, and um, it's really funny. Like just three times, and all those screenshots you saw, they were all within a year. So three times in a year, I'm just walking by and, and a guy with a camera and a microphone is like, hey, can we, you got a second? And I'm like, of course. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Right place, right time, I guess. But um, yeah, uh, the cowboy hats were a must purchase. Uh, the guy knew we were out of towners, but um, the guy in the cowboy hat shop, the wandering cowboy shout out at the San Antonio Riverwalk um, looked at us and he was like, man, they need help. So he helped me out with the size, helped me out with the, with the color options and um, satisfied with the purchase. And um I, I plan to wear it on every match day this year so look out for that so you get a little bit of texas uh ha- really made an imprint on uh the experience <laughs> eh yeah yeah my sister lives uh just south of dallas um so i've been to texas before but not you know not san antonio really and um couldn't believe how cool of a city it was i really it was awesome uh there was a lot of people from austin in town because i think south by southwest was going on that weekend and they wanted to get out of the crazy atmosphere of Austin. So they came down to San Antonio, um, saw the Alamo briefly, uh, on the way, you know, in between bars or whatever, but, um, yeah, absolutely. Just a great time. And, um, you know, it's funny. All my friends were telling me at school, they're like, Oh, we're going to Cabo for spring break. We're going to, you know, Miami for spring break. And I'm like, Hey, I'm going to San Antonio, Texas for spring break. And they would ask why. And I'd be like, you know, I got to root for my soccer team. So uh, that's that's too good, too good. Um, you were talking about uh, make, journalism student, and on your uh, YouTube channel, I, I enjoy the Explained series where you kind of give a, a rundown of uh, the opposing sides. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so, you know, right after DCFC announced the move to USL Championship, you know, I realized that myself, I don't know anything about any of these USL Championship clubs, and um, this was you know, right after, right, you know, before Christmas, I was like, I'm going to ask for a microphone that I definitely don't need for Christmas. I don't need that nice of a microphone, but I asked for one. Uh, Mr. Santa Claus up in the North Pole is uh, kind enough to bring me one. And I was like, you know, why don't I, I put out something somewhat regularly, 
um, where I just break down the history of every USL championship club that's currently in existence. And not only teach myself, but teach fellow uh, Detroit City FC fans and fellow fans of the league, actually, um, about the clubs they're seeing uh, week in and week out. And um, it's been an absolute blast. Um, I think how it's going to go from here on is I'm going to put out the videos midweek before the DCFC match at the weekend. It's going to be that club. So um, I'm a fan of that workflow. And um, I'm, I'm kind of waiting out for the bigger clubs like Tampa Bay Rowdies and stuff, just because they have such a vast history. Uh, I want to get my feet wet and, you know, get up and running before I go, you know, all out on that one. But speaking of the Rowdies, um, on Sunday, they played on ESPN2. And the flight actually had, it was on Delta, had the TVs in the back of the seats, and they had ESPN2. So we got to watch Tampa Bay Rowdies versus Birmingham Legion on the flight on ESPN, and it was just, that was so cool. Yeah, like really the, the whole weekend was immersed in USL action. Yeah, yeah. And and we made the joke before we left the Airbnb for the game. It's like, we got to put the ESPN Plus stream on every TV so, so the numbers are good for our broadcast. And uh, we actually ended up not doing that. But, um, and I haven't had the chance to go back and watch the ESPN Plus broadcast. But, and that's another thing, right? Just, I mean, you watched it at a Bulls game. You didn't have to download, you know, any, any wacky streaming service. You were able to go to the ESPN app and look up Detroit City FC. That was, it, it's, it's just so cool. Yeah, it's uh, definitely come a, a long ways, uh, even in uh, since I've uh, been in the mix for the last like five years. But uh, uh, your 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 super fandom uh, is uh, get, gets me excited for the amount of energy that uh, you and uh, your your fellow travelers put into uh, just you know enthusiasm in uh, your club and uh, soccer in general. And that's awesome. Yeah, and and one of the coolest things was. Um two of our players are, are kind of from the San Antonio area, like Maxi Rodriguez and Pato Boteo Faz. So um, in our section was their families and, you know, Pato's family had huge cardboard cutouts that were just Pato's head and, and Maxi's family was being loud and proud. And um, yeah, after the match, just watching them come over and say hi to their families, it was, um, it, it was really emotional stuff. And it just kind of, you know, made you realize like, this is what it's all about. Um, and you know, even with the loss, they were just so happy to be able to see them play. And um, it, it was it was so cool to see. Like, everything was just so cool. Uh, super cool stadium, super cool people. And it just felt like when Nate made that penalty save, I think MI Soccer Central posted a video of the clubhouse scenes when that happened. Um, it, it, it was just as cool in the stadium. And I'm glad that everyone at the field house had that reaction and was able to enjoy that moment together. Yeah, that definitely seemed like, you know, the bonding moment uh, for, for that game. You know, the result didn't obviously go the right way, but I think there was just like a, you know, that was like a real moment to, to, to pump your fist that uh, your local goalie that everyone believes in, you know, made a big stop on, you know, that first step mm-hmm. in this process. Is, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that, that could be a moment to savor for the yeah, fans. And, and when the, when the penalty was given, I got to give a shout out to Chad Alio who works uh, at Keyworth. He works for DCFC, you, you know, in years past, you could see him directing people to their suites on the field. But the second the referee pointed the spot, he turns to me and said, Nate's saving this. And the confidence of which he said that is a credit to Nate, but, uh, but he was so serious how confident he was that Nate Simewasher was going to guess the right way and make that save. And, and yeah, that, that moment will live with me for a long time. Well, uh, so you're going to go to the game this weekend? Yeah, yeah, I'll be there. Uh, probably working in some capacity uh, for the club. I'm back with another 
uh, year of an internship with them. So I couldn't be more thrilled about that, but just so excited to see, you know, everyone come out. I'm kind of putting off looking at the weather. I looked the other day and it, it said there was a, you know, a, a chance of some precipitation, but I'm hoping that stays off so that we can get Keyworth packed and, um, you know, hopefully a, a lot of first timers come out, you know, with the added press coverage we've had the last couple of weeks. So, um, just so excited to be back at Keyworth, so excited to see, and I think Charleston Battery is the team we can really uh, uh, give a game to and, and get three points. Yeah, that's a, a team that I'm sure uh, has some interesting history to dig into. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll find out for sure. Uh, I, I just started writing the script for that one, so we'll see where that one's at. But um, five thirty eight, and and I, I love I love stats so much. The fact that we have like comprehensive stats is awesome to me. I'll never get over that. But five thirty eight dot com. Um, they predict like politics and sports and stuff. They, they, they give us the nod in that one. I haven't looked at what the odds makers are saying yet, but 538 is confident. So um, I think it'll be a good game. Well, Jarrett Mackey, uh, super fan, traveling fan. Uh, thank you so much for uh, sharing that, that firsthand uh, experience of uh, the first game in the USL championship for uh, your beloved Detroit city FC. Thank you for having me. It was awesome. And um yeah, I, I plan to go to a few more away games this year, and hopefully, uh, you know, people listen to this and realize how much fun it is to travel away to watch, uh, you know, not just DCFC, but any club you support. And, um, you know, uh, I'll leave you with this. In 2018, 2019, we would travel to FC Indiana, and we would go, and it would be a cornfield in the middle of nowhere. Uh, so to go from that to a soccer Pacific Stadium with, I believe they reported 5,000 people being there, um, you know, just three years later, it really is incredible. And, um, yeah, just, just support local. And, um, I'm just so proud of everyone and I appreciate you having me on. No problem. Just look out for the guy with the, the cowboy hat, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll be sure to tip the hat at you and, and maybe throw you a howdy or something. Part two of this week's episode. Uh, so glad to be joined by our next guest. I was able to meet him and spend a little bit of time with him at the beginning of the month at the Midwest Premier League uh, general meeting, but I knew I had to catch up with him and get him on the show. I'd like to introduce the audience to uh, Mr. Edwin Jimenez, co-owner of uh, Inter Detroit. Welcome to Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. Glad to be here. I think it's been a long time coming. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we've we've messaged back and forth uh, a little bit over the last few seasons, and I'm glad uh, we've actually gotten to to have actual have fleshed out conversations, uh, especially in Chicago. That was nice to spend a whole day just surrounded by soccer people. Yeah, it was a good time. I was I'm, I'm looking forward to it next year. So um, we were there talking mostly about league stuff, but I want to talk more about Inner Detroit. Uh, your co-owner of it. Um, my first interaction was about, was it 2018 or 19 when you came to Oakland County, but in 2022 will be your second, uh, summer competing in the Midwest premier league. Uh, what, uh, is, uh, kind of the, the, what is, uh, inter Detroit's history in short until now. And then what, what's new, uh, with the team in 22? Well, I mean, 
<clears throat> for most people that know our story or might not know it, I mean, you know, we started off like every other Sunday league team, you know, and then we thought we had potential on the team and figured, you know, we could do more with it. And um, the other corner, Omar, actually was a player at the time. And I told him, you know, let's partner up. Let's, you know, create what is in Detroit now and kind of, you know, go from there. And then we started off in the NPSL. That's when we actually went to play uh, Oakland County. And, um, you know, it's it's been a little bumpy here and there, but, you know, we've been able to grow and develop. And I think this year with the rebrand and staying in the middle of Samir League and, you know, I think we're ready for the next step. And, you know, we've been making roster moves accordingly. So, I mean, you know, we feel pretty confident about this year. Yes, you're, uh, you tell us, uh, you have a new look this year. I was, uh, I, I always thought your, uh, your badge was striking. And then one of the things I remember from a, a first meeting when uh, you came out to play Oakland County FC in Clawson, your guys' black and green strip uh, w- was awesome. And you guys brought a big crowd out for that exhibition. Um, but it, you've moved on to a new logo. Uh, tell us about the rebrand. I think it was just time. You know, we had um, that first logo obviously means so much to us because that's kind of the origin. But I think with kind of us trying to shift the culture within our organization, it just felt like a fresh start. And, you know, what better fresh start to get a whole new logo. And, I mean, it kind of ma- it simplifies, like, we can, we're kind of free to use whatever colors you want, essentially. So we kind of, that's kind of the goal that we wanted to for, like, merchandise and marketing. So it just kind of all worked out. And, you know, I, I, we're really happy with it. Were you saying you want to venture into more colors? Yeah, for the most part. Because uh, you were uh, like black and green for the most part. So are you saying that the uh, the new logo is more of a, a black and white design? Is, am I right? It, black and white. And so uh, the accent colors are going to be flexible. Is that what you're saying? Hitting that? Yeah. Yeah. For the most part. I mean, um, black and green will always be, you know, what we're known for. But we kind of want to just be able to not be limited to just one set, like black and green every year, every year, every year. With the black and white, it's more like a neutral. I mean, we'll have mostly black and white stuff. You know, we'll mix in some green in there. And then guys will just have to wait and see till uh, we release the kits for this year. So, Are you able to uh, say where your home base is going to be this year? Uh, I, when I, I saw the very first Midwest Premier League game uh in, in at least in the uh in in this this year for uh the division here in Michigan when uh, you played uh Livonia City um over there in Pontiac uh is there a news on your uh home venue for 2022 so our home venue is locked in um we just haven't announced it because of the schedule but once we are scheduled with the green light you know we'll announce it and that way we can start selling our season passes and stuff which will be pretty good this year. So not just yet, but it's there. It's it's 100% ready to go. That's outstanding. That's uh, exciting because that was one of the things because you guys bounced around a little bit last year, right, and, and previously? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's hard finding somewhere that fits, like, <clears throat> you know, kind of location-wise, budget. I mean, there's so many things that go into it. And I think this year finally being able to call a place home and, you know, have that stadium vibe. So – we're very happy for how we're going this year so far. 
Yeah, I'm sure that must be a relief because a lot of what's tied into uh, growing support is uh, a familiarity and like a place to call like a familiar place to root for your team and kind of make it a, a, a staple or a routine. Um, so that must be a relief and I bet you're excited. Yeah, I mean, we're pretty excited. Just can't wait to announce it so that we can just get going, you know. Yeah, and so I imagine uh, you're pretty happy with the location because you had some games in Detroit, some games out in Pontiac. Are you, are you happy uh, with where the, 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 the landing spot is? Yeah, I think it's very centralized. Um, it's, unfortunately, it's not in the city of Detroit, but it's you know not too far from city limits. So I think it, it just checks all the boxes for us at the time. So we're hoping the fans enjoy the time there. So you point me to a direction I was uh, I wanted to get to. So is your goal to play in Detroit proper? Uh, I mean, yeah, that, that's always been the goal. It's just, you know, accessibility. Like, there's not really a whole bunch of places to play in Detroit that, like, I mean, let's face it, you know, unless you know somebody, you're not going to get a lot of these locations. So, you know, we're relatively new. You know, our name doesn't really carry much weight which is you know it's the unfortunate truth but i think down the line we'll be able to kind of maybe find a uh you know a home in detroit but as for right now we just kind of deal with what we can and all that changed when you came on the michigan soccer central podcast i hope so <laughs> <laughs> well um i saw you had uh uh your club's social media i'm scrolling through the twitter here and lots of um some exciting names being announced, like uh, Gabe Balon and some others. Uh, what can you say uh, about? Uh, I and you also have some some new staff. What can you say about the the new staff and players coming in? Uh, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> the new staff for the most part, just a couple of roles have been moved around, um, but the staff is all on the same page. You know, it's the first year where we have more than just two coaches. You know, every year we seem to get a little bit bigger, and so. Um, just having more coaches and more assistants and, you know, higher caliber players, I think it's all kind of mixing well right now. Um, as for the players, you know, we've always been pretty true to just sticking with guys that didn't have opportunities elsewhere, you know, or maybe weren't able to go to school for soccer. But I think this year we have a really good blend between, you know, collegiate guys and guys that don't go to school, but, you know, are ballers either way. So, I mean, roster-wise, we're pretty, we're pretty excited and, you know, happy so far. Yeah, of the teams coming back to uh, compete in the Midwest Premier League, uh, Lansing Common has to stick out. Do you think that uh, your uh, recruitment and this uh, the, the way you've reorganized the staffing puts you in a good position to, to challenge for the top spots this year? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> you know, realistically, the goal is obviously to win every year. But this year, it's like emphasis, you know, to win this year. I mean, kind of like in, you know, football terms, I guess, Comparing to like the LA Rams, you know, they traded away all their draft picks to be able to win the Super Bowl this year, you know, to get the right personnel. That's kind of the mentality we have right now. Like we're going all in for 2022. So we're just hoping it pays off. Yeah. So what is something uh, unique that uh, you have in store? Is there a, a unique uh, part of the game, game presentation now that you have a venue uh, of your own choice that you'll have through the season? Is there a piece of game presentation or something that you feel like uh, you're going to bring different to the landscape this year? I think just just honestly just having a home field and it's always harder to get a crowd, you know, when you're inside a dome or something like that. 
So not being able to be outdoors and just kind of have that game day experience to be able to get more fans in the stands and just have a, a nice game day experience for everybody, home and away, you know. What up until this point of uh, your club's history, what would you say has uh, been like a, a, a peak moment for the club so far? I mean, <clears throat> I really think it would probably be, obviously, the international game that we played versus the U20 of Chivas. I mean, just so much work that went into it and just uh, the outcome from it and just not even like thinking like ticket sales or anything, just thinking like nobody had done that, you know, at our, at our level. Obviously, DSC, DCFC has done stuff like that, but a small team like us essentially has never been able to pull something like that off. And, you know, it wasn't just myself and Omar. It was, you know, dozens of people involved to get to get it to go through. And just enjoying that whole experience just really, I think, just took us to the next level and just opened up our eyes that, you know, we're able to, to do whatever we want if we just, you know, plan ourselves well. Yes, I, I heard from many people. I, I wasn't... Uh... Uh, in attendance for that international uh, exhibition match you're referring to, but I heard it was one of the the, the most fun games of the summer. Um, tell us, uh, tell the listeners about uh, what that was, because I believe it was the, the Fourth of July weekend last year, correct? No, it was right before Fourth of July. So I think about a week, week and some change right before. Um, it was on a, I think it was a Wednesday. Yeah, it was a Wednesday, and um, so it was just like. The day was like not the best day, right? But I mean, to be able to get four thousand people, you know, where we had um, our sponsor, Milk Means More, was there. You know, they had their mascot, um, Mutilda, like giving out free milk, and they had their own stands. They had like blow ups. You know, we had food trucks. We had free ice cream. Just like everything coming together. You know, we had like music. We had small different vendors from Southwest Detroit. I mean, it's just like a culture experience for Latinos. Obviously, Hamtramck is a very Arabic-heavy. There was a lot of Arabic, you know, community there. It just, it all felt very nice together. And I think just being able to do that, you know, and kind of put our name on the map, kind of, it was good. Yeah, then your opponent, International, who was it that uh, came into play? Chivas, uh, it's like a U20 slash reserve. So it's guys that haven't made their first team debut, but, I mean, not far from it. And so you were able to have a, a different sort of celebration of soccer down in Hamtramck than uh, is usually seen down there. And yeah, I heard from a plethora of people that that was a real, real exciting experience. Um, if there's one goal uh, that you have, you said you're you're going big um, for this for this year. Do you also think that you also said that uh, the team kind of came on uh, a Sunday league and you had a good crew and you're like, let's take it to the next step? Is there um, like a, a next generation, like in the pipeline of players? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> obviously with having two teams this year, and we've always had two teams since we became like a like Inter Detroit has always had two teams. Um, we're always looking for like the next generation of guys, you know, signing 16, 17, 18 year old guys to be able to fill in the shoes of like first team guys. Always thinking, you know, what's our next step? I think in order for us to be successful with all the time and resources we put into it, it only seems right to give it our all at all times and like kind of, you know, shoot for the stars in that way. And I feel like if we don't end up achieving our goals five, 10 years from now, I think it's just a lot better thinking in that direction than just not even trying, you know, cause I'm sure there's a lot of teams that have the same aspirations as us 
and then just maybe the funding wasn't there or just the performance wasn't there. They just kind of maybe gave up one year too early. You know, I feel like we've gone through a lot already. So it's just like, what more can we go through? You know, it seems like everything will be going uphill from here forward. Going uphill, like uh, in a good way? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, expectations are very, very high this year. So, I mean, anything but winning the Midwest East will kind of maybe seem like a failure, I guess. But just with everything that we're doing, you know, I mean, that's not a knock to any of the other teams, but we just feel very confident what we're doing. Oh, that's very exciting, very exciting. Uh, Edwin Jimenez, thank you so much for uh, telling us about Enter Detroit. Uh, where can the listeners uh, find more about the club, and what, what are the best ways to support? Um, I think the best ways to support is obviously as soon as the season passes um, be are announced, you know, to support us by purchasing the season pass and everything that comes with it. Um I mean, we win, lose, or draw. We try to give um, our fans the best quality soccer that we can put out. And then this year, the season pass will come with an additional discount for another game later on in the year. So it's just it's a you know good value money wise. But I think sometimes we get caught up in like the politics of you know Michigan soccer that a lot of teams get forgotten, and we're just constantly trying to be innovative and do things differently so we stay on top you know but for the most part people can just follow us on our social medias which any platform that is we have one and it's just at into detroit but obviously you know we hope to be bigger this year and gain more fans and continue to trend upwards well thank you very much edwin uh, I appreciate the time and the insight. I'm very excited for Midwest Premier League soccer as well as checking out the new home of Inter Detroit. Thank you for joining Michigan Soccer Central. Thank you so much. Thank you, listener, for listening to this week's episode of Michigan Soccer Central podcast. I've been Robert Kurt, and I will continue to be, but glad to be here for another episode of the show. Thanks for listening. Um, really here at MI Soccer Central across all the social media platforms. Give us subscribes and likes and follows and all the things that everybody knows will only help the program increase visibility, get more listeners in here. Um, and it's been a really great time making this show. So want to get as many people on board and involved as possible. Thank you to the uh, core team of Michigan Soccer Central for helping me put the shows together. And thank you, as always, to our editor, Jenny Hajnaki, for helping put this show out there in the world. So, um, big week just happened in soccer, and another big weekend ahead. The home opener at Keyworth as a USL Championship venue comes on Saturday. So, until next time, everybody, enjoy your soccer. Hey, 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 hey.